We're back once again with another episode of the WNL show. Aaron Clark here, and I'm joined tonight by Richard Berkeley. Richard, thanks for coming along. No, thanks for having me. Delighted to be along. We'll start off just with a little bit about yourself. Most people within playing football will know quite well well about you. Just give the listeners who may not be familiar about yourself a little bit of a background on you. Uh, my current role, I'm head coach of the under-15 schools international team. Uh, I was assistant coach for a couple of years under Lorraine Cunahan, who's now heavily involved with Treaty United in the Women's National League. She would have been uh, instrumental in getting that started up. Um, so she was head coach for three years and I was her assistant. And then when she stepped down, I was I stepped up to head coach. That was three years ago. So I had three years at it now. Um, so I suppose I'm responsible for that initial player identification in terms of finding the first players to come into the international setup. Um, so I do a lot of work, say, Gainer Cup, Emerging Talent Centres, to try and see can we identify the best um, girls in the country at 13, 14, 15 and start them on that international journey. Uh, they come in to me then for the year and uh, we play in what's called the Bob Doherty Cup. It's like a home international series with England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland. Um, and uh, we have footballer friendlies too against England, Northern Ireland. Uh, a few challenge matches as well throughout the year. And what we're looking to do, obviously, the Bob Tardy is a competitive tournament, looking to try and win it every year. Um, and then we're looking to produce a crop of players and start them on that journey and move them up to the 16s and into the 17s in, 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 with, with a bit of experience of the international uh, football so that they can make that progress as seamlessly as possible and go on to hopefully... Uh, good, better things with 16s, 17s, 19s and in, obviously the main aim is to start players on the journey towards making the senior internationals which we had a few actually in the last couple of years that I've worked with even uh, in the last number of years have already gone into the senior internationals so it's, so it's fantastic just so that like, I suppose is, is what I do Just like in terms of how do you actually find the youngsters are you going watching skills games, clubs games or is it just gain a cup? Uh, to be honest with you, it's mostly uh, we would start a game or cup. There's just between schools and club games. There's so much going on. The standard is so varied. A, a very good player might stick out because the quality might be poor or vice versa. It might look better because the quality isn't great and they look exceptional. Then you bring them into a higher standard and they struggle. Look, the Gainer Cup's a great tournament. We, we, we trust the coaches in each county to bring the best 20 players in their league. And that's a starting point for us. We go down, we spend the week at Gainer Cup. We also go to any of the qualifiers and some of the other matches um, beforehand in the lead-up. Uh, and we attend Gainer for the four days. We watch the matches. We work with Dave Connell and the FEI scouts and the school scouts to prepare a list that get invited from, each, from Gainer Cup into the ETP system. Uh, and then you have the eight or nine ETP regions. And then we work very closely with them. And the last year or two, we started having national ETP days. So we bring in the best 30, 34 girls of age. So like, if you think about it, you'd have maybe three, 400 girls down at Gainer Cup. That's whittled down to roughly 150, 160 ETP. And then down to the schools into pros is 68 players and the national training days about 34. So it's a, it's a step-by-step process. Each one gets, it's, the standard gets higher. So you get to see them playing at a higher standard and it sorts them out even better. Um, so there's a lot of work goes in. We don't just turn up and that's it. We pick her. We, we see players four, five, six, seven times. And each time it gets incrementally more difficult. The standard gets higher that we see them. That's a great way of filtering the players who can play at the top level. Because I pick 18. That's it. If you think of the thousands of girls playing, I have to whittle that down to 18, which is difficult. I have a short list of about 30 to 34, which will pass up to the 16s. And they would nearly all get called in the following year for another look again. But for me in particular... 
I have to take all them and whittle it down to 18 players. Uh, I look, I don't do it all myself. I have, I have a very good school staff that work with me, work with Dave Connell and the all the ETP staff and uh, any of the gainer cup coaches and managers. So uh, I think we all work together to try and identify as many high quality players as we can and work with, work from there. Takes a lot of communication, something like that, especially with so many different bodies from different departments, just even interlink with each other. So, if he's aren't all singing from the same hymn sheet, it can it can be a disaster. So it takes it takes a, it must take an awful lot of preparation that people probably wouldn't even realise. Because same with with any underage camp, like you see, even recently we've had the under 19s had their their home based trials, and then they had trained they had a, a friendly game against Piedmont. Like even just to pick players as, as they go up the age bracket, like it takes an awful lot of communication. And as well as that, it takes a lot of trust as well because you're having to take the, tr- the trust of a, of a coach to say, this is my best player or this is my best two or three players. Yeah, look, I, I, I know there is a lot of work and it sounds complicated. It's actually, if you have a good system, it actually works very, very well. We, we'd have the four interprovincial managers, head coaches in Connacht, Ulster, Munster and um, Leinster. And they look after the schools team, and we pick our international team from that. The so schools international, but in reality, it's 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 a it's a national team. But we make sure that those four work with the two to three ETP regions in each of their provinces. Also, on my staff, I've made sure that my international staff, they're teachers mostly, but every one of them is in is in a different province. So two of us in Connacht, one in Ulster, one in Leinster, and two in Leinster. So they're the the focus points. So if a, if a gainer cup manager um, sends a player into ETP, the ETP then links in with the provincial coaches who link back to me and I link back. So when the work is spread out like that, and we have it divided up, it's actually not as cumbersome as it sounds. It's, it's quite efficient. Uh, and that's, that's why I suppose we're doing so well in the player ID, because we have that system. And rather than it, it, you know, when we have it structured like that into the four provinces, then divided down into the various different ETPs, uh, we can guarantee that when we when we get to the top end of it, to something like the Interpros, where you have the best seventeen girls in each province, uh, they're 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 all there. Every one of them at the Interpros, bar the odd one, is is an ETP player, and and as of last year, they're all national ETP players. So it, it takes a little bit of cooperation and good communication channels, but we're all in it for the same thing. You know, we all want to find the best players and push them forward. So okay. look, it works. Absolutely. In terms, in terms of just the way you said that the four in the, the four province, provinces, so you wouldn't be involved in the coaching of the the provincial provincial skill teams. You'd be just watching out on the sidelines. Yes. Yeah. I, I do a lot of work with the the, the, the coaches on that. Um, for example, I, I coach in the Western ETP, uh, and what we would do is we would maybe twice over the course of the autumn we play the Connacht Schools team. We'd invite them in. And they, we play against them. That's a great way for me to talk to the Connor Schools coach, Tom Collin. We'd look at players and I'd suggest, look, have you looked at this girl? And I don't tell them who to pick, but uh, I know who the best players are in Connacht. I share that with him. He looks at them. He, he wants to pick the best players too. It's in his interest. And we, we look at that. We have people in Ulster, Leinster and Munster that do the same thing. And we work closely so that um, we make sure that they're picking the best players. Uh, why when I go to Interpros and we have the 68 players and we're looking, we know them all. We, we know who they are. We've seen them. We've worked with them. We mightn't have necessarily coached them as a Connacht player, but if, I would have coached a lot of them at my ETP in the West of Ireland anyway. Um, I would have watched them. 
uh, and the same in the other three provinces. So when we go to look at them at the Interpro tournament and select players, we've been watching them for six to 12 months. We know who they are. Um, we know what their strengths and weaknesses are, and it makes our job much, much easier. And the other thing too on that, prior to that, we would have two national training days um, where we bring the best 30 girls up to the AOL as part of the ETP program, separate to the schools. And we see them there as well. They're all fed back into the school system. So, you know, we, we know the players inside out by the time we come to pick them, to be honest with you. How long in advance would you be looking at a player, for example, is it 12 to 16 months in advance? Or how far in advance would you be looking? Because obviously, Garner Cup would be, what, under 12s, 14s and 16s. Mm. So you'd have to look at, would you be looking at the players at under 12s now or are you mainly just focusing yeah, on Yeah, I try and keep an eye on everybody because, like, Jesse Stapen is a classic example. Jesse played three years under 15. So when she was 12 years old, she played under 15. Now, she is an exception. We have a lot of girls that will be playing a year or two underage. So if they're good enough, they get their place. It's not just you have to be born a certain year. If you're born the year before and you're good enough, so it is in their interest to find them players. Plus, like I'll give you an example this year. Last year at the Interpro, we identified a number of girls who were 06, who were just too young. But I think it was 21 girls. They were invited in with the, the lockdown and the no, no contact. We were able to invite them into a set of webinars in the spring because we had them identified from the previous year. So while they didn't get out on the pitch with us, and like they're, they're not in now till this autumn and for next year, but we've, we've got a full set of webinars with those girls. We've done strength and conditioning, diet. Rihanna Jarrett came in and spoke to them about playing at, at the high level. I know Sue Ronan came in and talked about um, the FAI. And we guest speakers and we did a lot of work over a set of um, weeks with them. And we talked to their coaches, club coaches as well, to say what they could do to make these players as good as possible when it came to the autumn. So, look, we're, we're 12 months, 18 months, 24 months in some cases because we like to have a data bank of players that we can be checking in on and keeping an eye on that when we go, that we know how are they progressing, how are they doing. I said the, the great thing this year was the fact that we had them from last year. We were able to bring the 24 of them into a webinar a series of webinars there in the spring and do work with them that we would have missed out on otherwise. So that sort of gives you a, a better foundation based on they've got to know the likes of yourselves as well. Plus yeah. getting someone like Rihanna Jarrett, even Sirona to come in and talk, like big personalities in Irish football to come and give you some time to actually speak to the younger players. Oh yeah, well like Rihanna actually came in a couple of years ago. She came in to coach with the schools. Um, it didn't work out. She couldn't do it long term, but she came in for a few sessions. She was fabulous. So she knows the work that's been done. She's a great girl. Um, she's only happy to come in and give up a half an hour to chat to the girls and talk what high performance is like and the pressure playing at the highest level. And it, it, good feedback for the parents said it was the girls were delighted to have the fact that, you know, senior international and Jared took time out to talk to these 13-year-old girls about the journey that they're ahead. Um, plus for us, we were able to do tactical work. We sent them video clips. They were given homework to do. <laughs> they were out of school, but they still got work to do. And analyze and send back work, and you know it's it's a good learning for them. So that when we when we actually get them back in, whenever that is, we have you know a percentage of the work that we've done done already, and we can get started much quicker and move it on. That's that's a good that's a good a good foundation base. Just want to touch a little bit more on the Bob Doherty Cup. Um, in recent seasons, especially when we've seen it being hosted over here, you've seen things like even Shelburne being invited one year into playing like. It's taken it's taken very seriously by the girls because you even see people that girls who are in the national league now still talk about it. They still try to yeah. get to keep an eye on it. Like it's 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 something that it's really prestigious to anybody who does play in it. Oh, absolutely! And um, we hadn't won it for a number of years. We come close. We don't know how many runners up we had over a couple of years. Um, 
Uh, but no, it's very competitive. It, it really is. Like, uh, there's there's a there's a trophy at the end of it. There's a final in the last day. The top two teams play off. It's taken very very seriously. It's the it's for the school's football. It's it's the build up to it. To be honest with you, um, it's 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 the culmination of a of a year's hard work and scouting. To, to call comes down to this, so they absolutely do. Standard is very very high, um, and yeah, it's 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 great because it's a pressure game. Big crowds. Um, cup at stake, so the, the, it's a lot. Of, it's a good experience for the girls, and we've done very well the last couple of years. We 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 won it three years ago, won it again two years ago. We've been hopeful of doing it three in a row this year. The team we had were excellent. Unfortunately, it didn't it didn't happen. But uh, no, great great tournament, really good, really competitive, great experience for the girls to go away. And we were in Spain last year. Actually, it was wonderful. We all flew out to Spain to Saloon. We played it out there. And we retained it out there, so that was lovely. Just the travel and the staying over and all that was wonderful. Really, really good. It sort of gives the younger players that little bit of an itch to they want to scratch even more, especially with it being their first taste of international sort of football. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if you think you're 14, you're flying off to Spain and getting bussed here and looked after, and um, you know, playing in front of big crowds. We, we actually, we, not even the Bob Darty, we played a match there against um, Galway Women's National League team doing the 17s. As a, we, we, we try and bring them around the country every year for a weekend away and play football. So we went to Galway. There's a thousand people in, in Eamon DC Park at the match. And like for a 13, 14 year old girl to play in front of a thousand people, uh, it was only a friendly, but still, I mean, that's, that's a fantastic experience. Or to go to the likes of Spain and have a big crowd. Um, in a facility like the football salute to be and playing in the final where you know and one of the matches went to penalties against England I mean that's pressure and, and uh, the five girls stepped up and scored one after the other and I just thought you know you can't buy that experience you can train all year round but to actually to stand up there in a penalty shootout for a place in the final and for the John Reid trophy against England to be able to stand there um, and, and put them penalties away you, you can't buy that experience it's just fantastic for them like you even you you even seen like in previous years gone by, you know like there wouldn't have necessarily been when they, when they leave fifteen sixteens there wouldn't have necessarily been a lot for them apart from the Gainer Cup like over the recent years we've probably seen a lot of players who you've you've probably coached as well maybe drop out of football how important is it that we've brought in things like the under seventeens women's national league? Oh, it's 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 vital because. We we've so many good players now. Uh, the talent coming through with 12, 13, 14 year olds, uh, and we can bring them so far. But you know, Gainer Cup is great. The grassroots football is great. But they need a bigger challenge. They absolutely need a bigger challenge. Um, does does the I know the MGL used to be dominated by the likes of Shells and Piedmont, dominated. And if you weren't playing for either of those clubs, you, you struggled. I know that's got a lot more competitive now, which is great. They need another level above that. All the girls around the country, to be honest with you, and um, they really do. And that ability to go and play with the best players against the best players on a regular basis in that sort of setup is absolutely vital for them. And for the say the 15s internationals, the fact that they can go straight from 15s into that and be challenged maybe a year or two underage will will make them even better players. So it's it's it's, it's a huge step, I have to say. Like even even things like we used to look at young 16-year-olds coming into certain National League teams maybe weren't ready for it, but it was the only real step up if you wanted to play elite football. So now they actually have something at their own level to sort of bridge that gap because realistically, at 16, 
unless you're the, the cream of the crop, the top 1%, maybe, you're maybe not ready for that level. So to have that further development where you may get two years underage football at, a, at that level, it, it, it's key because it keeps you engaged. And as you, as you were saying, it challenges you playing against the best players in, at your age. Yeah, or even, even playing against players a year too old than you. So like if we have a guard who's come out of my team this year, um, she's going into an under seventeen women's national league playing girls two years older. I mean that'll that'll that's a real test because the standard of the national league obviously is the best players who are sixteen and seventeen year old and going in against them as a fifteen year old it's an even bigger challenge. So they they really need that. It'll, it'll be fantastic for them because um, it, it, it's a good league anyway. But as a fourteen or fifteen sixteen year old playing in it, it's even more of a challenge. And you would hope that that's how we're going to develop better players that they play that and then. When they get to 16 or 17, they might need to stay in that league. They may be able to go play senior league quicker, which is, and, and the quicker they get into that, the quicker they progress. Well, like you're looking at, just I'm just going to use Wexford as an example. Fiona Ryan was, was knocking around the first team last year. Alan Malloy came in, made her debut the weekend, scored two goals. Blessing Kingsley from a young age has been in and around the, the team as well. And having that opportunity where, like you've seen the likes of Blessing, she would drop down to play 17s if she didn't play for the senior team. And just to have that opportunity that, there's games there for them and like because the realistic thing is at that young age they can't afford to be sitting not playing they need to play and week in week out at that age so yeah it's fantastic that some of them girls that maybe might mightn't be quite able to play an awful lot at senior level it's great that they're in and around the training with seniors but they need to be playing week in week out and, and it, it is a benefit that they can play with the 17s but still be part of a senior setup I mean it, it ticks a lot of boxes for them and there's no point in, in, in being in the senior squad and sitting on the bench week in, week out, getting a few minutes here and there. The 17s is vital that some of those players, like some of those that you mentioned, will be able to go and play at that level and get football on a regular basis but, and still be challenged at the same time. But knowing the fact that they can go up and play senior if they're needed as well is, is brilliant. It's really good. In terms, of, in terms of you personally, when you see someone who you've coached or you've been involved with making a step up to National League, it must be quite proud, is it? Yeah, it's funny. I was at the Wexford game on uh, Wexford Bowls on Saturday uh, over in Ferry Carrick Park. And Riggs, Rugila was in goal for Bowls. And she was in only last year. She was uh, our, our under 15 schools keeper. Uh, Evie Clancy was playing for Wexford. Uh, Ellen Malloy was starring role for Wexford. Ellen was only played last year, as in just gone with the. With the um, was Bob Doherty winning captain, you know, just over 12 months ago. And there she was player of the match in the senior room. It's fantastic. And uh, I had a chat with the three girls. Just had to say well done and congratulations, and just said it was fantastic. You know, great to see them playing at that level, and and all of them well able, not out of their depth at all. And I would say actually in Spillane, who we had a couple of years ago, we were in Wales at the Bob Doherty playing in at the whole midfielder for Bowles as well. So there was four girls on the pitch that I I worked with in the last couple of years, and it's great to see. And like it's across the league, Ilana McAvoy, a couple of load of girls in Galway that. Apart from making the Bob Doherty team, they also would have been in my emerging talent in, in, in Castlebar and Moyle Bush as well, Sean O'Brennan and Therese Fahey and people like that, Therese Canan, um, playing for, for Galway. So it's, it's, it's great to see. It's, and, and for me, I suppose, it's lovely to see that they're making that step up and, and going 17s and then into seniors as well. So it's, it's wonderful. It's nice to see. Like even across the league now, you're seeing it. Like I was at the Treat United game the weekend and just even looking yeah. at people like... Uh, the Horgan, uh, Aoife Horgan, who would have played 17s, yeah. Cara Griffin, you know, players like that who I would have got a chance to watch last year playing under 17s. And then you watch them coming into senior football. And because they've had that little bit of experience, they don't look out of place, you know. They look as if they're born natural to be there. 
Like, yeah, that's the one thing that everybody sort of said over the last couple of years is that maybe we didn't have that pathway, but now we're having that pathway. It's brilliant, but do we need to take it further? Like, I know some clubs would be would be looking for maybe another step up to under 19s, then after 17s. What would your opinion be with that? Well, we we definitely need another step in there. It's 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 the well, we we have our international manager meetings most weeks. Rue Doctor and and Vera and Sue and Dave and James Scott and myself, and we discuss this regularly about what's the best to be go nineteens, to be go fifteens. Is there enough players for seventeens, nineteens, and then into seniors? Do you go with fifteens and seventeens? We we don't know. We're, we're we've had a lot a lot of discussions about this. I think we do need another step somewhere. Uh, I, I'm still not convinced myself what's the best one. I, I, sometimes I think, yeah, we go 19s. Then you think, well, if we have girls who can go from 17s straight to senior, do we need another 19s? Are we better maybe starting with a 15s, working on that, um, and then maybe in three years' time, bringing 19s when we have a, a large number of 15s and 17s to feed into a 19s league, rather than starting with the 19 first and, and not really having enough players. I suppose that would probably be the better way to go. Um, but certainly, I think it's something that's going to be built on in the next number of years, definitely. And uh, and uh, with more and more players coming through, I can certainly see us having a, a third version of the Women's National League in there and some guys or other. Just on, just on, I just want to pick up on the point there you said about potential 15s. My only concern about that would be, would it potentially dilute the, the likes of the Gainer Cup at 16s? Or at 14s, because the best underage for, under 14 players would be looking to go potentially play under 15s National League instead. Oh, I think that we're going to have to look at the, the bigger picture, and the Gainer Cup is going to have to be looked at as well. Um, do we need two age groups at Gainer Cup? Look, it's, it's a great tournament. I go down every year, I love it. I go down for the two if it's on two separate weekends, or if they run both together over the one week, um, depending. Um, and it, it is a wonderful week and wonderful experience, but I suppose. Do we need to have, say, an under 16s Gainer Cup if we have an under 15s Women's National League? Do you go under 14 Gainer Cup and feed them straight into Women's National League? I know this year's Gainer Cup, there's only a one off. It's for 06, 07. So it's under 14 this year to lead into 15s for next year. I think maybe that might be the way forward. So if you had, say, an under 14 Gainer Cup um, tournament as such, uh, and then that led into, say, an under-15 Women's National League for the following year, and then 17s, and then see where we go from there. And you could have an under-12 or 13 Gainer Cup, maybe not over a full weekend, but that could be played off as it is now regionally, and then brought together for a final. In ter- just in terms, obviously, of the under-17s league in itself, we're seeing more teams coming into it this year. We're up to 15 teams. Like That's a that's a lot to bring into a, into a league. You know, at underage... To get the commitment to have like clubs, clubs to fill 15, 15 teams willing to, to commit into it, that gives an awful lot more opportunity for players even to play. Because we look at when it started to where it is now, the league has grown year on year. Yeah, it's great. I mean, if you take 15 teams, that's, that's I suppose, 300 girls playing elite football. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I know there's, there's talk of, you know, you hear of other teams and other areas looking to bring one in for next year and the year after. It would be great if every league of Ireland, men's and women's club, had one. Um, I think that would be that'd be the way to go uh, so that everywhere is covered. I mean, geographically, we're not bad. I think we have, you know, obviously with Donegal, Sligo, Galway, Limerick, uh, Cork, you have the, the West Coast all the way down. You have a couple in around Dublin. You have Athlone in the Midlands. Um, so there's, there's a good spread, but I think, there's, I think there's certainly room for a couple more. 
for me in particular, one that I'd like to see is the Dundalk, uh, Dundalk Drogheda region somewhere up there to have another team. I even said about the National League, it's it's the sort of area that we're, we're striving to football because them sort of players closer to the border would, would tend to go play up the north because there isn't, an, or else if they have to travel. So like even having teams like that. But I do agree with you to an extent having more League of Ireland teams. Like I had a chat with Billy Cleary recently and his idea was rather than have National League te- uh, have more League of Ireland teams potentially come in if they can't afford things like that more even universities looking to do more link-ups to make things stronger because there's no doubt that women's football has definitely grown the last couple of years and having these 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 avenues for players is even more but the one thing that even even on your point earlier about going potentially going 19s is that we're losing so many players every year because the lure of going abroad is probably too much to go to university and get a scholarship and live like a professional well, the, the thing is in Ireland, and I'm, I'm a teacher, I'm a guidance counsellor, so I know only too well how this works. There's very few actual sports scholarships that are, I'm not saying proper sports scholarships, the ones that say a sports scholarship in university, you get your place on the course and then you apply for the scholarship and you get a small amount of money, I suppose, towards your, 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 your upkeep to play for this college team. But you're not actually getting in as a, an athlete or as a soccer player. There's very, very few of them. You have to get access to the course first and get the points. Um, I think if we went more, more not saying the American way, because that's gone the other extreme, but I think if we made more places available or uh, maybe a, a points reduction for elite athletes, I know some colleges are starting to bring this on, but I think more and more that will be the way forward. Tie in then a women's national league team with every third level institution. So like Sligo Rovers could have their women's national league team, their under-19s could be linked to the Sligo IT you know, there's, there's lots of options there, and it has something we've discussed about talking to the universities and the colleges to look at ex- expanding their um, scholarship schemes to get more girls in on scholarships, make it easier for them to get into college, and then they can play at that level. Uh, it's, it's certainly an area that we need to look in more and develop, uh, but I think that would be a very, very good way of overcoming because the money isn't there. The money's not there in Irish football, any. It certainly isn't there in women's football to try and uh, get people to come and stay whereas if there was the chance of an education for three or four years as part of your soccer scholarship and that you play for that team it might have easier to um, make players stay and remain in the country and play at the level that's required instead of always having to go abroad to places like America which then causes problems trying to bring them back for national teams so uh, I think it's something we can look for look towards in the future I know we have a new high performance plan coming out and I think that's going to be built into it more ties with the um, colleges and the universities in terms of the likes of sports scholarships and making it better and easier for girls to go and still play in our leagues, but still be in college at the same time, full-time education. Unfortunately, with the global pandemic hitting, a lot of players haven't been able to go back this year to America. We are, yeah. seeing, them in the, we are seeing them in the National League. It's great to see them come back. Like I spoke to Dave Bell the weekend and he said to me, he was delighted to have Rebecca Cook back. He, he didn't expect to have her back this year. You know, yeah. Billy Cleary has said the same about having Lucia Labatu and Ashley Meany back. And you can even look at Wexford with Darren Fahey and Blessing Kingsley was supposed to go to America this year. So like we, we are getting that little bit lucky that it adds that bit of quality into the league. But I do agree that we need to do more. It's not necessarily saying the FAI needs to do more or everybody needs to do more. It's the same as yeah. I always say when it comes to promoting the league. I do. I, if the FAI do something bad, I'll say it but I'm the first to give them the applause when they do something good. Like you look at last week, the squad listings having stuff like that, having the previews out in advance. So like when, when things are done well, it's, it's great to please them. 
But just in terms of the FAI, I know it hasn't been confirmed yet if he's going to have a role in Women's National League, but Mark Scanlon was at a couple of games at the weekend. He's someone who's really looked upon very highly within the third level education, even within the, the women's side of the third level, because he brought them competitions on quite a lot of people. But bringing people like that through in the FAI, it can only be a good, a good help for domestic football, both women's and men's. Yeah, yeah, I, I know Mark for a long time. Obviously, now working through the schools because while Diane Faina would have, would be more for work with the girls, I would have a lot of work with Mark, and he's very supportive too. A uh, very professional, very good at what he does. Very thorough. I think he's a, he'd be a, certainly be addition to the uh, to the League of Ireland. Hopefully, he'll come on board more with the women's as well because yeah, he's a good guy works hard, very professional. It can only be a good move for him and for the league. So hopefully we'll see more, even more improvements when, when it comes out. But you're right, the, the social media and, and the, the advertisement around last weekend was fantastic. I mean, it was everywhere. So much positive coverage ever. It was great to see. You couldn't turn over anything that there wasn't something doing this National League. In it. So we need to build on that. It's a good product. It's getting better, and it's certainly something we need to build on. Absolutely, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. But just looking, obviously, you said earlier you were in Ferry Carrick Park the weekend. Bowes had the first taste of women's national league football. Give me your assessment of the game itself. I know Wexford coming forward win win victors. Yeah, good game. Now to be honest with you, look, Wexford had the experience. They had the players. Uh, it was Bowes' first um, venture at this level. To be fair to Sean Byrne there, I know Sean a number of years were well organised, they were solid at the back, Sadashley and Spillane sitting in there, the couple, good pace out wide right, they, they stretched them a few times, uh, look they were organised, they worked hard, just Wexford had that extra little bit of quality all around, um, Ella Malloy in particular, she started, she played slightly on the left but started drifting more into the middle towards the end of the first half and started pulling the strings and just spraying round passes and, and making things happen. Um, comfortable enough for Wexford in the end but having said that uh, Bowles put up a good fight didn't make it easy for them at all uh, didn't create a huge amount of scoring chances Bowles but certainly were organised made Wexford work very hard for the victory but just a little bit of extra quality pace and experience uh, in particular Ellen Malloy was just superb on the day uh, was the difference in the end but I tell you Bowles are going to cause some trouble this year teams will find it hard and to break them down, and they've good pace up front, so you could see them causing trouble as well. You still have a couple of players, obviously, to bring back in. A couple are missing, Neve Kenna and Shauna Newman, two very experienced players. Shauna would have won the National League a couple of times with both Rahini and Shelburne, so that's another one, a great one to bring in. But just in terms of the, the league itself, just for the listeners, like I, had, I was at two games myself Saturday. I was at Shelburne against against Cork City in the afternoon. Like Shelburne, Shelburne just Shelburne were just too good on the day. They took two, they scored two early. They scored two goals in the first half through Pearl Slattery and then Kira Grant and then Rebecca Cook out of the third one. She hit the post, the crossbar, and then she finally converted in the second half. Mm-hmm. To give, and Shell's got a uh, sorry Cork got a late penalty just to, to put a little bit of respect on it. But even things like Cork, I thought I found Corks late on. They were in in the in the engulfed heat. They were they were fighting for two and nail just to push fresh Shell's back like. It's going to be a competitive league this year. I, I think I think the, the youngsters will add a lot to it. But it's great to see when we have more new clubs in. Like everybody knocks the standard of the league, but I think it's a great league. And the more the more we can build it, the more we can build better players coming into the league, get more players in. I think it's gonna it's on, it can only improve. 
But look, it, it's a part-time league, and it's it's struggling financially to keep itself afloat. So you have to you have to give it all the credit it deserves. Look, it's it's not the Premiership, but there's really good players. They're well organised, good set of coaches there. So good stuff. I really enjoyed the game on um, Saturday evening. Excellent conditions, very professional, good standard of football. Yes, it, it can improve, but of course it will. Every league improves; it's only growing. Uh, more clubs coming in, more players coming in. The, some of the, as you said, the younger players that are going to start coming more and more into it are going to bring another dimension to it. Uh, and the, the standards getting better. I, I, I've, I was involved with Castlebar Celtic back way, way back in the initial stages of the league, and I, I can remember Rihanna Jarrett coming up to Castlebar as a 16-year-old and absolutely tearing Castlebar Celtic asunder. Um, and it's moved on, and it's moved on, and it's moved on, and it, it can only get better. Um, the standards certainly improving year on year. It's great to have more clubs in. And yet, look, some clubs are going to struggle, but that's part of it when you're starting a new venture. I know talking to Sean and, and Pat, Pat Trehi there after the match on Saturday, they said Bowes couldn't have done enough for them. They were so nice. They're to- totally behind the project. Um, so that's that's Bowes are going to go from strength to strength. I see Treaty there, as I said, Lorraine. Uh, who would have been involved with me at the the 15s is is working there with with Dave Rooney and Irene and people like that and Limerick and Dave Mahidi and that's going to go from strength to strength, um and I just think it's it's brilliant and we need more and more. I know Sligo are hoping now in the next year or two to try and look to have a senior women's team as well. Brought a lot of good young players through in the last couple of years, so it it, it needs a push. Need people to support it, and I, I think it it'll grow and it'll grow and it'll grow. There's, it's a real key moment now if we keep pushing and keep supporting it and keep working with it I definitely think it's, it's, it's we're on to a good thing Absolutely but just on Treaty United I actually watched that game as well Saturday evening I got out to Green Oak after being in Talca yeah. Park and I even spoke to Dave about this after the game like uh, Piemont had the experience Piemont have the class but yeah. Treaty show, show to me this, that they're not going to be a knockover like when you look at them against the likes of the, the, likes of the other sides in the next couple of weeks Dave says he reckons they're a couple of weeks behind in terms of their preparation. Yeah, so of course. By, the t- by the time they get up and running, playing some of the other games, like there's no reason why we obviously we're looking at potentially our Galway's, Wexford's, Shelburne's, and Piedmont's to make the top four. But there's one spot left in the top four, the top five, for the first half, second half of the season. Like there's no reason why you ca- you couldn't rule. I need a I need a bottom no, side. No. We haven't seen that's- that loan. We haven't seen that loan yet. We'll see. They'll be out for the first time this weekend. But you can't rule any of them out. It's not like one t- uh, one team is going to dominate the fifth place and the rest are going to be cast asunder. Like I was, I was intrigued watching Treaty. Like I thought they they defended very well. They played very well. They didn't create an awful lot going forward, but they were well organised and they they stuck to instructions. And it bode well for me seeing that because I I was I was impressed and I was impressed with the youngsters as well because the youngsters. The youngsters done an awful lot of running. You know, you're playing against a, a side like Piemont who are deserved champions last year and are half favourites again this year. Like, and they gave it their best, and I was excited to see to walk off the pitch at, at the end of the game, just to see that the future's bright, even in the likes of Tree. Absolutely, I mean. Uh, like Dave's a very good coach he's a lot of experience he was actually the goalkeeper coach for us in the schools for a couple of years before he went down to Limerick so he know he, he knows the stuff he's, a, he's an excellent coach I watched them up against Galway last year and Galway had the better players but Treaty were organised and they made it very difficult for, for Galway and I know it's a different team it was Limerick it's Treaty this year um, but again the, it's a progression for them 
that fifth spot will be it'll be great for watching for that fifth spot because as you said, um, Bowles will be decent as well from what I can see. Treaty, some good players, a lot of good young players like like Jenna Slattery. I think came on there at the weekend. Like this time last year, she was playing under fifteen, and and there she is, you know, coming off the bench to play a senior women's match. So uh, the, as you said, the futures, but I, I think that'll be great fun. I think the top four are going to be, as you said, in some variation: Shells, Peas, Wexford, probably Galway, and then that fifth will be a very interesting battle. That'll be great fun to watch. But yeah, it's great to see new teams coming in and. Uh, uh, good games ahead now this weekend as well. Absolutely. We just mentioned the fixtures for the listeners on Saturday afternoon at two o'clock in the Oscar Trainer Centre. Bowes play Galway United, Galway WFC at six thirty in the UCD Bowl, not in Jackson Park as originally scheduled. DLR Ways hosts Shelburne at seven o'clock in Athlone Town Stadium. At Lone, at Lone Town host Wexford Utes and on Sunday at 2 o'clock in Bishopstown Cork City play host the P-Mount United just before we do let you go Richard obviously this weekend we do have the under 17s league starting back yeah. um, it's fascinating it's fascinating to see so many games it's, it's, it's a short season as well so it's going to be it's going to be helter-skelter for them all yeah yeah and, and a couple of new clubs coming into it Grovers Shamrock Grovers are now going into it um, and brave a team in this year as well. I've been to a couple of friendly matches already. I think that's going to be a great league as well. I think Rovers are very, very strong. Looking at the players there, a big number of internationals that I would have had the last year or two. And with them, Pease obviously are going to be very strong as well. Wexford look like they're 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 going to be a decent team as well. Um, I just Shells and Greystones in a friendly and Shells and other missing one or two and they didn't play the strongest eleven at any stage but at the same time Sharon Boyle is there and Shells they'll be decent too so that's going to be a cracking league as well I think absolutely like and and as we said earlier fifteen teams it's going to be split over three groups of five so it's it's very competitive and then it goes into a second a second stage but. Just in, ter- in terms of the fixtures, we'll, we'll just run through the fixtures real quickly for the listeners. In Group 1 on Saturday at 2 o'clock in IT Sligo, Sligo Rovers host P-Mount United. Then on Sunday at 3 o'clock in Roadstone, Shamrock Rovers host Athlone. Then in Group 2 on Saturday at 2 o'clock in, in Kilkenny, Carlo Kilkenny host Treaty United. And also on Saturday, Galway host Bowes at 2 o'clock in NUIG in Dangan. And then just finally in Group 3 on Saturday as well, both games kick off at 2 o'clock. Shelburne host Cork City and Wexford Utes host Greystones United. Just in terms of, in terms of this league, Richards, um, obviously you said you've watched it, you've watched a couple of games. Who's a couple of players that we were to watch out for this year if you have to name uh, obviously, uh, I know Shamrock Rovers are after the number of the international girls gone in. Um, if Jessie Stapleton is obviously the name that sticks out, she's just won the under 15 international player of the year. Um, she's gone in there, they actually playing her up front. We, we have her in as a centre half, but Rovers have her in up front. She got, I think, she got four goals in her friendly against Treaty. She's very, very strong, can play anywhere. She's got a lot of quality. Uh, in terms of Treaty, then you have the likes of uh. Aoife Cronin, who was also shortlisted for that player of the year. She'll, she'll play for Treaty. They'll be decent. And she'll, she'll be a threat up front. Uh, Maria Reynolds is in at Rovers too. A couple of our keepers. We have uh, Summer Lawless then was, is in with Bowles. Uh, along with uh, Robin Murray, who was our keeper last year. So Bowles have two international keepers. <laughs> a fun keeping them on the pitch and keeping them all happy. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of very good players there. Um, I think almost all of the last year's under 15s international squad have gone into a one of the women's national league teams. 
So there's to be a great representation of them there. Eve O'Brien's gone into Bray. Um, Rebecca McMahon from the year before is also in at Rovers. Uh, Katie Laws in it is centre forward there for Wexford. For Wexford Youth, she was a centre forward last year. A couple of girls down in Cork, Heidi O'Sullivan and uh, Ellie O'Brien gone in there at Cork. So the, the, there'll be a lot of international players and, and last year's internationals as well. There's an awful lot of them in. So there'll be a very good standing in that league. A lot of very good players knocking around. Brilliant. And I, I encourage anybody, if you can't get to a Women's National League game because of restrictions, you will be able to get to some under seven needs games there because obviously there will be less people attending them so clubs clubs will be able to facilitate more more spectators but just beware if you are going to attend any games and you're unsure if the clubs are are going to let fans in just drop them a quick message on social media and they'll be they'll be quick to answer answer you back richard i'm just going to thank you very much for your time this evening i really do appreciate it and thanks for coming along to speak to us we've we've yeah. got to listen to a lot about about the underage structures and i'm sure we look forward to speaking to you again real soon yeah, delighted to come on board and have a chat and just explain what we do. And uh, as I said, we're, we're trying to feed as many of them up the line and, and keep keep that, that conveyor belt of talent moving, finding them and moving them on. And as you said, a lot of them going into the Women's National League and straight into seniors as well. So uh, it's it's working very well and hopefully we keep expanding on that and looking forward to this weekend's games too. And hopefully we'll chat again sometime.